Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what?! Eight fifty for Wiener. Listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog. Shit, peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard, here, folks. You have found the Barbecue Central show. If you've missed the first hour, don't sweat it. And subscribe to the podcast as I was just telling Smoke and Joe. That's how 98% of the people consume this show. It's an audio download on iTunes and Google and Stitcher and TuneIn and Spotify and the hell's the name of that other streaming service that everybody like Pandora. If you have some type of podcast affiliation or platform that you like, this show is available on that. Maddie and Kiki weighing in. Yay, we are staying up past our bedtime to hear Kevin Coleman. Yes, he'll be coming up next. Maddie and Kiki. Kiki, do you done? I'm probably too hip for any of you people to even know what I'm talking about. Oh, come on, Gary. Messing up my times, bro. All right, thanks again to Dwayne Daniel. And Malcolm Reed, last hour. Again, if you've missed the show, don't sweat it. You can get it on podcast. You can also get video archive on YouTube or on the Facebook page. Follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram. Same handle on Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on the Facebooks. Coming up this Friday for the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Produced by John Solberg, Michigan correspondent. We go way back to 2010 for a competition ribs roundtable with the likes of Dan Hickson of Three Eyes Barbecue. And oh, by the way, you remember this guy, John Patty of JP Custom Smoke? JP, what up, my boy? And it's been a moment since I've talked with John Patty. He is still cranking out some of the most prolific sexy, heart-throbbing, offset barbecue pits the likes you have ever seen. If you think jambos are sexy, and they are, John Patty's probably not only rival, but might kick it up a notch. Hard to believe, I know. But John is definitely, like, one-off. So, man, oh, man, his stuff is absolutely phenomenal. So if you love the barbecue ribs roundtables, if you love the shows that I haven't done in a while, we can get into that at a later date. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It will drop into your feed Tuesday. I'm sorry, Friday morning. You can have a ribs roundtable. What I think is fun, when you go back and listen to roundtables this far or or this long ago, it's extrapolating or uh, gleaning the information What's still relevant today, nine years later? 
And what's like, you did what nine years ago? You did that to your ribs? You didn't do that to your ribs? That's not working out right now. That's the best part about listening to the original brisket roundtable from 2007 with Ray Lampy and Fast Eddie and Jim Minion and Dr. Barbecue. Oh, wait, that was Ray Lampy, of course. There was another guy in there that I'm... Oh, Leanne Whippin was on that, too. Three of the four didn't inject brisket. Not only did they not inject brisket, it was kind of blasphemy. Oh, by the way, all four of them did not use Wagyu brisket in competition. 2007, nobody of any note was using Wagyu briskets. Jim Minion was using them in high-end catering, but not in competition. Facetti laughed at me. Leanne was like, I mean, I can get them through my restaurant connections, but why would I do that? Line those pals up now for a barbecue competition, and I bet you dollars to donuts, they're using Wagyu brisket now. Also, as I tell you each and every week, I will be appearing on the John Cupo Show, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, local Willoughby here, or if you're anywhere outside of 20 miles outside of Willoughby, WINTradio.com. That's our online stream. Probably the best way to get it. I show up around 7.30 in the morning. Typically, I go until at least 8.30, usually till the, t- uh, till the end of the show, which is 0900 Eastern. And reprogramming note, because I ended up having to do a last-minute college visit for my oldest daughter, Bobby, in West Virginia, and that pulled us out on Friday morning. At reprogramming note... Joining the John Cupo Show, currently in the YouTube chat, Maddie and Kiki. Kiki, do you love? We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff with Maddie and Kiki. I don't know exactly what John is going to be bringing to the table because I'm the live fire grilling and barbecue expert. John's going to be bringing witty common guy takes. I'm going to be bringing the heat. Bring the heat. So... Tune in for that. WINTradio.com. So let me do this because I don't want to do it with him. We talked about Maddie's L's. We can delete that. If you follow me socially at BBQ Central Show, I want to give a very sincere thanks to my next guest, Kevin Coleman, and the folks at Weber for the new Weber Genesis Grill. I did order my new grill grates. They are supposed to be showing up tomorrow. Now, in fairness, while I didn't pay for the grill, I did pay for the grill grates. And I had the receipt to prove it, so suck it. I went to my Ace Hardware, bought a light to illuminate. It goes right on the handle, so when you pick it up, it automatically turns on to illuminate the grill space. And also a cover, so I am pumped. Getting ready to break that in for the first time. Did a little burn in. A few tweaks that I want to do yet. So I would say within a handful of days, I'll be firing that thing up. Would love your input on what you would like to see hit the grates first. You know, I'm always steak guy first when it comes to the new stuff. And man, oh man, it could be chicken. It could be burgers. I mean, is there anything better than a real life cheeseburger? And you know what I'm pulling. 
going right into the freezer, pulling out the box of Bubba Burgers, and I would be dropping them on with real plastic American cheese. That is right in my wheelhouse. I can get snooty like the best of them, but sometimes processed and icky is the best way to go. I want to make sure that I'm putting a lot of those animal lipids down on the new cooking surface so we can get that seasoned ASAFP. And it could be a mixture of all of that. There could be some steak. There could be some burgers. There might be some schweens. Although if you're Doug Shiding, you would never put a schween on any grill that you own ever. Doug's still weird. I mean, months later, it's still one of the weirdest takes you've ever had. And you hate kids. There's no doubt. Because you don't put hot dogs on your grill equals you must hate kids. On my show, Doug said, if the little kids were to come up to me and say, hey, mister, I would really love a hot dog. Can you cook me a hot dog? Doug said, without batting an eyelash, no. Beat it. Wow. Doug's a man. A man of conviction. No hot dogs are going to be touching his grill grates. I can tell you that. So uh, thanks again to Kevin Coleman and the folks at Weber for the cooker. Very humbled. Very excited. Also, if you are a fan of the World Food Championships, courtesy of the worldfoodchampionships.com website, the date has been set, final table and details. As I'm trying to quickly scan back through because I lost the damn date. Here we go. Champions will face off in three rounds of competition from May 17th through the 19th to determine who will be crowned the seventh world food champion overall. Challenges will be held in various locations, including the New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Suite, known locally as the NOCHI. So I'm very excited to see exactly uh, A, from a broadcast standpoint, you know, last year they were live streaming that from Brightwater or wherever the hell they were at in Bentonville. Uh, I think it was uh, McDearman that was hosting that. So is Mike going to be hosting the World Food Championships final table again? Are they not going to host at all? Are they not going to live stream it? Is that going to be part of a TV show? Remember, I think it's both brilliant and weird that you have the World Food Championships that takes place all the way at the end of 2018, and then they have a gap of time where the 10 kind of hang out before the final table actually gets done and they crown a champion. Meanwhile, they've been doing all the 2019 build-up and preliminary events as well as we've been rolling through the calendar year. So again, your 2018 World Food Championship champion overall will be crowned at some point between May 17th and May 19th. Kevin Coleman coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. The gurus always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be. Especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature controlled smoker with a built in power draft fan. That means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master with minimal effort. You now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. 
And the Monolith is a ceramic cooker that has a built-in power draft fan. So if you have a Barbecue Guru controller already, you don't have to buy a new one to make it work. Just hook the controller right to the bottom of the fan. Away you go. If you want to upgrade that tech, who am I to tell you no? Hit up the website, bbqguru.com. If you have any questions about what to buy specifically, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will answer all your questions, and they'll make sure that you have exactly what you need. So when it gets to you, you are up and running. Again, the number, 800-288-GURU. The website, bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Kevin Coleman of Weber coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Are you signed up for the Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship? Registration is free, so sign up today. Hit the website, smokingwithsmithfield.com, for all the deets. Also, there's still a few spots left to be part of this year's Smokin' with Smithfield Committed Cooks program, so don't delay on that. Same website, smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's smokinwithsmithfield.com. All right, one of my favorite grill brands ever, be it LP, charcoal, and or otherwise, is Weber. The Barbecue Central Show has always been a big Weber grill house, and I'm always happy to have the director of brand education, Weber's grill master, Kevin Coleman, joining me here on the show. So without any further ado, we race over and welcome Mr. Coleman in. Kev, how are you, buddy? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm absolutely fabulous, Kevin. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening here. So let me get you back up on screen. Uh, you know, before we get into the Genesis talk, why don't we take a, a quick step back? I mean, I remember it was all very exciting a couple of years ago when the release of the Summit Charcoal Grill was happening. We were talking, kind of prepping it and hyping it here on this show before the actual release. Now we're in 2019, uh, kind of getting towards the end of the first quarter. As you look back at release and how it has tracked where we are present day, how are the numbers in terms of like unit sales? And does Weber consider the Summit Charcoal line a success? Yeah, the, the, the Summit Charcoal line has been a tremendous success for us, especially um, to get that style of cooker into the market. Sales have been solid. Um, I mean, it, it's I have three of them in my backyard that way I do most of my cooking on. So it's it's definitely a, a, a piece of machinery that has been successful for us and uh, one we're going to continue to promote and promote the heck out of. All right. So, I mean, I'm just catching it now, but are you the world <laughs> champion of something, Kevin? I mean, what do you got on your shoulder, bro? Well, it, it's nice that Smithfield <laughs> is sponsoring this hour because this is the belt that um, I got from setting a world record last year with Chris Lilly, or maybe it was two years ago with Chris Lilly at the uh, Chiefs um draft day party with chris jones their their defensive end so this is this is the the world record belt that 
we uh, had made specifically for that event. And so I figured since Smithfield's going to be sponsoring this hour, I'd pull the belt out <laughs> and uh, wear it in, in a good remembrance of a fun time that we had with them. A great Hulk Hogan-esque carry over the shoulder, of course, <laughs> Kevin Coleman joining me here on the show. Uh, the other, So um, from a versatility aspect too, Kevin, the Summit Charcoal Grill does high heat. It's got a lot of space, and then it can also achieve that low and slow. So, uh, you know, I, I know there was a lot of, Let's compare it to ceramic, but I don't think in the final analysis that we, I mean, we can kind of compare there, but it's uh, kind of a different monster all on its own. I mean, you're always going to draw comparisons because it's a grill. And at the end of the day, we all cook and everybody um, loves their cookers the best. They yep. cook the best. And, you know, what? some is the easiest way to, for, for me to kind of talk through that is traditionally people always had coffee and mugs, right? Ceramic mugs, they... They would keep the coffee warm 10, 15 minutes and be done. Now everybody, you know, you have your Yetis, you have your Grizzlies, you got your Tumblers, you got all these things that keep your coffee warm for 45 minutes to an hour. And that's exactly what we went after is bending metal and using air as an insulator. And to have a grill that can keep your food perfectly stable, keep the temperatures in the grill perfectly stable. Um, I've cooked 29 hours straight without having to add any charcoal to it. I've got pictures that it's snowing outside and I've got like two inches of snow on my summit charcoal and it shows 235 at the thermometer. So that thing just cooks as a beast and it can go up and go down. Um, the versatility of that product is absolutely, um, just something I haven't cooked on before and I've cooked on almost every product in the marketplace. So it's definitely something that, um, I'm proud of. I probably spent seven, 800 hours on that grill before it even hit the marketplace. So, um, I appreciate all that it can do in the barbecue that it turns out is just absolutely crazy. Yeah, and we have friends to the north, Maddie and Kiki, who are like a <laughs> Port Hope, uh, Ontario, Canada, or somewhere like that, negative 13 degrees Celsius, whatever that means. Uh, so it sounds like it's pretty cold, but again, holding temperatures perfectly where they set them at. Yeah, I mean, you, you want to set them depending on where they are. It, the preheat's going to take a little bit longer when it's cold outside, but Maddie and Kiki are some of the funnest grillers, smokers, barbecue enthusiasts that you're going to find out there. And I'm fortunately enough going to be able to go up and see them in a couple of weeks up in Canada and hang out for a little while. And nice. girls, thanks for staying up because I'm going to bring you guys a special <laughs> gift when I come up there. So I appreciate you hanging out with us and, and, and listening and talking barbecue. Kevin Coleman joining me here on the show. Uh, WeberGrills.com is the place you want to go to check out what they have to offer in live fire cooking and so forth. Uh, the other side of this whole deal is the uh, on the fuel line is gas, natural or LP. The Genesis has been a staple in backyards for decades. 2019 finds some new revamps or improvements or some feedback tweaks or whatever you want to call it. So what will a potential consumer find different about what 2019 Genesis 2 offers than what they would have found a year or two ago? Yeah, we, we've we've gone back, um, taken a lot of feedback from consumers, and we've gone back to that um, sear station side burner setup that people have loved for over the years. So it's definitely one of those things that the uh, – the early returns, if you will, um, the numbers in that, that people have absolutely loved us going back to the sear station and the cyberter combo, um, using the same type of technology we've always had on the Genesis. But that that sear station and cyberter combo is something that people um, really asked about, and it was definitely um, a fantastic idea to to incorporate those back into the Genesis and and give people more options. Um, being how popular that grill is, and the first gas grill that we've ever designed, you know, back in 1985. So I had a Genesis Silver B 
This was probably going back, man, it had to have been early 2000s when we had moved into our first house. My wife bought me a piece of crap grill. I cooked through the back of it like in a year. <laughs> and then we went out and bought this silver beast. So no side burner, but it was a three burner unit, but they were east to west running burners, if you remember those. And yep. then uh, I believe the next revamp was north and south burners, uh, which you've stayed with here. But at least from an aesthetic standpoint, the hood seems to have taken back more of a look from that 2010 kind of time frame. Maybe not as tall, but a little taller than what that first revamp of the Genesis looked like a couple of years ago. Yeah, the, the, the wind design changed a little bit. And that's where, you know, we, we're constantly playing around with trying to find the better mousetrap right and so by lowering the lid a little bit you actually create a little bit more of a um what's the word a more efficient grill mm -hmm. so you bring that lid down that's going to help you brown things you know melt cheese more um still it moves the air around still has that traditional performance but those are always the things that we're tweaking the burners are a little bit different design now than they were back let's say 2010 2012 um much more efficient much more um Durable. So that's one thing that I've, you know, working for Weber my whole career, that's one thing I love is how we constantly look at that process and try to make better grills for people's backyards. What's the GS4? GS4 is going to be, so we coined this phrase when we reintroduced, we relaunched the Genesis last year. So you have your ignitions, you've got your grease management, you've got your flavorizer bar system, and you got your cooking grid. So that's going to be that whole cooking component that um, we call out. 10-year warranty on all parts. First ten -year time warranty, first ten -year time warranty ever? on all parts. Because it was burners before, like 10 years on the burners, but not across the board. I mean, it's one of those things that 10 years across the board, most likely, depending on how much you cook. That's a fun thing about grilling. Like, I can ask my dad, like, hey, dad, you know, how long, how long have you had that grill in your backyard? Oh, I've had it like six years. And it's like, I pop, it's 15 years old. But, you know, <laughs> the, the, everybody's the same way. Like, even me, I'm like, man, I think I've had that grill for like four years and it's been like eight. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that our parts and things last so long that the 10 year warranty is fantastic. But I have a good feeling that most people, Go go well past that when it comes to the components of their grills, but it all depends on how much they cook and in, in, in the use too. Do you have any idea, or, or do you get data back from people that are purchasing their grills already put together by whoever is retailing versus them putting themselves together? I have a, another question. I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that. for the most part, in this day and age, most people want the turnkey experience, so they're gonna depending on the retail. Uh, big boxes are going to have them already built. Some of the the small local shops are going to have you know propane included with with the build. Um, so most people aren't necessarily putting them together. I think it's it's just part of what we do now. Is most almost every girl that you're going to get is going to be put together unless you're ordering it off of Amazon or something. So uh, again, now I can tell you in person. Uh, thanks for the grill. Uh, thanks to everybody at Weber for that. But you know, mine comes off a truck which means Greg's got to pretend he's handy and put something together, which means from the inside I'm sweating profusely because the most simple things I can screw up uh, at the drop of a hat. The good news is I can put this thing together, I, I don't know, it was maybe an hour and a half because I took some breaks here or there. I had to go deal with the kids, whatnot. Real simple directions, good directions. You know, look, I'm a direction snob. I always thought that I could make a <laughs> billion dollars if I would go back through all these picture directions and then just write down how I see it, and then it would link those two things together, but I get it. So for me to be able to look at pictures, and then there was that, uh, what's the name of that app, like Built App, uh, that gives mm -hmm. you that whole 360. So if I had 
a question on should it be facing this way or that way. I could zoom in and out on my phone and it helped me put together that much more efficiently. But it seemed like so everything fits together nice. You can tell that there's care taken. It's not just like a, you know, well, hopefully it kind of fits here and it kind of closes there. And I've had that happen with a number of other grills. No names, please. And the other thing that I thought I wanted to ask you about was as you're turning these bolts and stuff into a fix everything, it almost seems like it's made to not over torque or, or you, that you can't over tighten. It gets to one point and you're like, oh, okay, that's really telling me I've hit it because I always have a a, a passion or affinity for <laughs> like screwing things way. Well, that sounds really weird for uh, fastening things way too hard. And then I've ruined something. Well, now you sound like me because being a big guy, I always over torque everything and break everything. I asked my wife, there's that one thing that she wants me to fix around the house because it's <laughs> going to lead to about 14 other problems right. that I'll cause. Um, you, you know, the one thing that, uh, there's many things about working at Weber that I love, but when we when it comes to designing grills, the building of them, um, we build them so everybody can put them together. But more importantly, if anything needs to be replaced or something, you know, wind damage or weather damage, it's really easy to take components off and put them back on. And it's definitely something that we work with. The less amount of fasteners we have, the stronger the cart is, the stronger the the, the welds are, and and that's just a big one of the one of our competencies when it comes to manufacturing. And to your point. We do design it to where over twerking, torquing things, over tightening um, doesn't necessarily happen just just by the design, and that's how much we we put thought and care into the products that we make. Kevin Coleman joining me here on the show, the director of brand education, uh, also Weber's GrillmasterWeber.com is the website if you want to check it out while we're talking. Um, let's go ahead and back out of the grills here, unless there's anything like new or uh, special that you want to talk about here before we change gears up a little bit. No, no, I'm just happy I could get you that grill. I mean, that, that horse meat t-shirt you got me that I still wear is, I think, a fair trade for the My for, guy. For the Genesis, so. I love this guy. <laughs> got the belt, got the horse meat t-shirt, man. You're all about it. I love it, Kev. Um, let's talk about what you like to cook. You know, uh, one of the things that has been a big topic on this show, aside from horse meat, especially over the last uh, 12 and 14 months, has been the emergence on a holistic or on a very high level of dry-aged beef. So are you a dry-aged beef fan? And if so, what's your wheelhouse and where are you getting it from? Oh, so we, we, we have played around with doing just some dry-aged in, in-house. Really? Um, you can buy the bags that make it pretty easy to to dry-age things. Um, you know, I'm, an, I'm in the window of like anywhere between like 35 to 45 days I think anything past that is just not my palate's not there to where like wow this is a 68 dry aged beef and it should be x amount of dollars like I, I'm just not into that I I'm more into just high quality beef I, I you know it's interesting some of the research down you know when I went down to Camp Brisket and was talking with Dr Sable and them down there they were doing some research on dry aged briskets and what mm-hmm. they found was the I think the 10 to 14 days was getting the same it, it was actually preferred on a blind than let's say the 21 or the 28. Hmm. So I think for some people it's, it's more, it's more pungent. It's more flavorful, right? I mean, it's way more concentrated because you're losing a lot of that moisture out of the meat. Um, but when it comes down to it, there's such great sources of beef that we can get stuff from, you know, snake river farms and Lobel's out of New York that, um, sometimes I'd rather choose a, a better quality that I know that I can source than than go through the process in the weight of, uh, dry aging just because it's like, come on, hurry up. I want to eat this steak now. <laughs> well, I think the concept is great You and everybody buys into it until you realize, okay, well, I'm going to be spending 
Uh, you know, there's that steak ager product that's out there. So anything, the biggest one, which I think is the only one that makes sense, even at a discount, might be six, seven hundred bucks. Then you got to buy your cuts. So that could be mm. two and three and four hundred bucks a, a sub when you're putting in there. Oh, and then you got to wait thirty or sixty or ninety. So if I start it today, I'm not going to be able to eat that meat. Uh, and I'm I'm way more of a funk master flex than you are, obviously, Kevin. So I'm waiting <laughs> sixty, maybe ninety days. I mean, that puts me in like midsummer. I don't want to wait. Yeah, that that is the truth. Well, and, and you know, one thing that we learn with with the drying dry aging process, especially if people out there want to try it or are going to get into it, you're always better off trying to do your farthest one out. Let's say ninety days. Wait your thirty, put your sixty in, and then do your thirty. So at least that way, when you when you want to sample them, you can go thirty, sixty, ninety, and actually understand mm-hmm. the difference between them versus trying to just go. I'm going all sixty, or this time I'm going to go forty five. And I like having the different levels of it because that actually allows you to understand what you prefer versus what you don't like. It's like we were doing a bourbon tasting with the head distiller of uh, Buffalo Trace, and we were having Pappy Twenty and Pappy Twenty Three. <laughs> And I preferred the 20, I think the 20 because it was more peppery and, and Dustin Green preferred the 23 because it was smoother. And it's funny how it changes over those three years. So that's kind of the same methodology we use is you, you want to try to sample it off of each other. So that way, at least you know what you like. So you're in that 30 to let's say 45 day range. If I was to gas up the Barbecue Central show G5, land out there in Midway, <laughs> pick you up and then we blast off to L.A., are you down to try one of those 365-day dry-aged pieces that Adam Perry Lang is messing around with right now, or is that a wasted trip? No, I mean, I'm always up for trying absolutely anything. I mean, that's the fun part about food is you just keep pushing the limits on things. And, you know, traveling around the world, there's some crazy things that we've eaten. Um, I would be up for that game. I mean, my brother's got a pilot license, so maybe my brother-in-law does, so maybe he can pick you up in, in Ohio and then head over here, pick me up, and we can head out there. Let's make that happen. I'll, I'll, I'll happily trade in uh, one of my old grills, uh, not the one you just gave me, but one of my old grills to make that happen, no doubt. All right, so let me ask you about this. Let's uh, go back to the Weber gas grill here just for a second. Some people don't have the means to get multiple cookers, or, or maybe they don't want multiple cookers, but they do want to be able to try some different ways or methods of cooking, and one of those would be smoking on your gas grill. Most of the time, that seems to fail for whatever reason. So you're somebody that's around this product all the time. How do you best or what best advice do you have for somebody that's looking to smoke on a grill? You know, it's funny. It's it's a good question to bring up because I've actually done blind draws with our executives. And at one point, they were choosing the briskets that were smoked on a gas grill versus the ones that were cooked on a charcoal grill. So 22 out of 23 that day chose the gas um, it's one of those things that if you're going to do it, I like soaking them a little bit because I don't want the, the, the chips to combust. Um, the other thing is putting it over a hot burner and getting the box to actually start to smoke. A lot of mistakes that people make is they get their grills ready. They put their smoker box on and they put their meat on and they're not seeing any smoke because the temperatures are too low. So I like to get the box to go first. And then usually for like the first 45 minutes to the, an hour and a half is when I like to have the smoke flavor on it. And after that I, I kill it. Um, and that's the nice thing about gas is it's very – I would consider gas at sometimes close to what a pellet would be because once you're not necessarily getting all that true smoke flavor, but it's keeping temperatures so con- con- consistent for you that it makes the grilling process a little bit easier. So I hit it first 45 minutes to an hour, and then I take it off and just let that baby go. Are you a competition guy? Will you do state contests or anything like that? Yeah, we, we've done state contests. Last year we did it at MBBQA. We did it with uh, – Deuce Raymond and his team, we 
the year before we did it. Last year we competed at the American Royal. Um, so we dabble a little bit in the competitions. I'm more like when we when we go out there, it's just like seeing family again. You get to hang out with Darren and you see Tuffy and you see Chris and you see Sterling. And um, for me, it's more about just being part of the conversation than anything else. Uh, I'd asked Malcolm Reed at the top of the first hour. I mean, this is kind of like a event time of the year. So aside from going up to Canada to hang out with Maddie and Kiki, do you have any other events that you're going to be doing here over the next month or two? Well, next month or two, we got our, we have our barbecue class that we have going on at the Weber Grill Restaurant in Schaumburg in the beginning of May that we're flying Harry Sue in, mm. uh, Tony Bunce from um, – Oh, what team is he on again? I can't remember. Historic Barbecue. Uh, we got some local people coming in for that. Uh, we're headed out to Vegas next week to do some do some work out there. Um, and that's, I think, pretty much it for the time being. I got to head out to Napa Valley and do a, a Judge of Build a Better Burger competition with Sutter Home, which is going to be really fun. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've got some fun things on, on the docket so far. And then I think maybe a trip to Asia over to Japan um, for the World Rugby Championships and do some work out there. So that would be a, a, another fun trip. You rugby guy? Uh, you know what? If I can go to Japan and hang out with some rugby people, drink some beer and barbecue, man, I'm a pretty happy guy. I don't. I'm not going to discriminate. You didn't play though. Uh, you know what? The funny thing is, I had, what nine concussions by the time I was in <laughs> sixth grade. So they they took my football helmet away from me at a very young age, which is probably better off. Yeah, I mean, like uh, you're easily one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in, in real life. I know we didn't really get to connect personally over at MBBQA, but I mean, from a distance, I was like, holy shit, that's like he's way bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, I'm definitely not a little guy. That's that, that's for sure. So, but you know, being a big guy, you can kind of keep some of those rugby guys away from you, which is good because they're a little bit crazy, a little bit more than our football guys. That's for oh, sure. Oh yeah, you got you're a certain brand of human when you're playing rugby, no doubt about it. Uh, we're talking with Kevin Coleman, the director of brand education, Weber's Grill Master. Kevin, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for doing it. Oh, not a problem, Greg. Anytime, enjoy that grill, and anytime you want to talk barbecue, let us know. I sure will. There he is, Kevin Coleman. <laughs> From Weber, talking about the new Genesis, talking about... Where's my transition at? There it is. Jeez. Talking about Summit Charcoal, branded a success, no doubt. That's going to be the next purchase. Got to be. Love that thing. Seeing everybody cook on that. I see Mike Lang from Another Pint, please, cooking. He's got like two or three of those. Love that thing. I'm going to get it. Sam Hassan from LA Talk Radio will be joining me out of this break. We'll go off the board and talk about our fame, fortune, and rise to cataclysmic success on the heels of what was then BBS Talk Radio and now LA Talk Radio. Before we get to that, I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has something for every type of outdoor cook. They know about rubs, right? You know about rubs. They know about rubs. Everybody knows about their rubs. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Money, Desert Gold, Little Louis, Seasoned Salt, the list goes on. Little double secret steak rub for you. Why not? 13 perfectly balanced flavors in that arsenal. They also have that unique partnership with Steph Franklin and Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form the West Coast offense. Kind of cornered the market on competitive barbecue still. 
They own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, try that one. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces at Big Papa Smokers, they offer the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill is the one you're going to want to look at. Big Papa's is the exclusive Mac dealer, and they even offer special packages. If you're not a pellet grill enthusiast, okay, how about the old Hickory Ace BP? It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. Now, if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me, looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. If you're not sure of what kind of grill you need, you really can't go wrong with anything featured on the website. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. Have any questions? Give them a shout at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. Sam Hassan coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth. Hey, if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Believe that. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com, F-I-R-E, fireboard.com, or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. If you can believe it, 11 years ago, a few weeks ago, the very first live Barbecue Central show hit the internet air on a station then known as BBS Talk Radio. And over the last almost decade, BBS Talk Radio has grown into the number one ranked website for talk radio, now known as LA Talk Radio. Barbecue Central show has become the leading barbecue and grilling show covering the industry today. So... Let's use the last segment of the show this evening to look all the way back to whence it started. We race to the hotline and welcome in the creator, CEO, and host of Sam in the Morning with Danny. Sam Hassan joins me here on the show. Sammy! How are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. Thank you for having me, my friend. Sam, it is an absolute pleasure to have you back in the friendly confines of the Barbecue Central Show jungle. And for the new listeners, you know, it's kind of a unique experience here because we look back now. I mean, this isn't like one year or two years removed from the first show. We're now looking back at 11 years, which is kind of unbelievable. So when you were thinking, I like radio, I'm not really interested in getting into the terrestrial scene. I'm going to try this whole internet thing out. Did you envision looking ahead 11 years and seeing the success that you and LA Talk Radio have had? Quite frankly, no, Greg. I mean, the whole idea was really to get my own show on the air, which I've wanted to do for a long time. And 
like you said, terrestrial, you know, it's, I didn't have what it took to be on terrestrial since there's so, there were so few jobs for people on terrestrial radio. And I thought, you know, maybe if we use the internet, we can do this. And sure enough, uh, several people joined me and, uh, the rest is history, you know. I mean, we have 80 shows now. Wow. We have video. We do Facebook live feeds. And you've kept right up and, and, and on your own, which is amazing, you know. I mean, we may have given you the, the little kick in, in the butt in the beginning, but uh, you were already there. You had a product. You had a production. And uh, I was always impressed with you. I told you, you were always my favorite show because you produced it so uh, professionally that I was proud to have you on the station, you know. And look at you now. You're on Facebook Live. You've got your own network and all that stuff. So that's amazing, you know. But I never envisioned it being like with 80 shows and, you know, and, and running the way it is. So uh, we're very proud of that, very happy. And I'm glad you still remember, you know. I mean, it seems like not everybody remembers where they came from sometimes, you know. Well, I think it's it's unique for us, Sam, because this isn't a instance where I was also from L.A. and I saw the Craigslist in L.A. and decided to like show up to whatever the studio was at that point where you guys were at. I was in Cleveland. Right. I was looking to branch out and, and get out of just a barbecue podcast because at that point, hard to believe now, that there was a, a fairly large number of newcomers coming into the barbecue podcast scene, and I just wanted to stand apart or differentiate myself. So I wanted to try live, saw your ad in right. Craigslist, call you and say, Oh, Hey, I'm this weirdo that does a barbecue show. <laughs> and you're probably like, Oh, great. Okay. So two weeks after he does his second show, he's going to be out of stuff to talk about. And I'm going to have to look to fill a time <laughs> slot. No doubt about it. But it was, and that's exactly what everybody else said when I told <laughs> them about it too. It's like, how can you talk about barbecue so much? And, uh, you know, like I told you when he called on my show yesterday, uh, 11 years later, you're able to laugh at everybody because you found a niche, which many people have not. And you've led that niche and you become the big fish in the small, in the smaller pond, pond let's say, rather than uh, being lost in all that noise out there. No? So we, we are able to, to stand the test of time because we, we go through a series of growing pains a lot of stuff behind the scenes. There wasn't a lot of failure. There wasn't missed audio or big dropouts or weeks where I couldn't figure something out. Behind the scenes, we're working for technology. In essence, we had to yeah. figure out a way for L.A. to connect to Cleveland. And then again, 11 years ago, this isn't like we're talking about it today where technology is much more advanced than it was. I mean, this is 11 years ago. And we figure out a way right. for you to punch into me. It gets redirected back through you audio servers. And all of a sudden we're doing like a, a Rush Limbaugh going across the country, uh, you know, wherever he is in Florida. And, and we can just broadcast it out to the globe. Right. Absolutely. You know, and that was an amazing thing. And, uh, yeah, today, I mean, we have a show where we actually connect five, six people at the same time. <laughs> One is actually on a boat, on a ship. And uh, people from around the world are connecting and are able to put professional radio shows on. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying again. It's like you managed to do your own thing on your own. You learned, you cut your teeth on all this. And, um, 
you know, and it paid off. It paid off. And I really salute you, Greg, because not only that, but you're a great human being because you remember uh, you have gratitude, you know, you're gracious, you have, uh, you have memories, you know, and we do, we, we all do. When the station was small, my God, remember we used to call <laughs> into each other's shows all the time and listen to each other all the time and stuff. And uh, that's when we were small. But, you know, the biggest difference really is the way people had to listen to us uh, through the computer back then mm. because there were no iPhones in 2008. It, it had just come out. But there were no such thing as apps and all that. And suddenly people listen and watch us. Um, you know, on, on Facebook and on the website in real time, in high quality, anything, you know, audio, video, whatever. I apologize for the background noise. I'm outside. There's a plane right above me there, but <laughs> go on. Yeah. So what I think is, is key as I'm kind of following the track of LA Talk Radio success is there was a definitive point where you wanted to keep it audio only. There's, uh, and, and we're both big radio guys. Uh, we like the same kind of radio shows and uh, ones that we kind of grew up with, uh, maybe try and emulate to a certain degree. But then you realize also that, hey, technology has to change, so I'm going to make this LA Talk Radio app so it's even easier for people to find me. Then you integrate video. So while you probably, look, look, just like me, I never wanted to have a video component to the show. To this day, I don't want to have right. a video component to the show because <laughs> I don't like seeing me. I don't want people to see me, but I want people to use their mind and maybe think of somebody that they're just hearing and, and making their own vision of, of whatever we're talking about. But seeing it, you know, people love to watch too, right? Voyeurism to a certain they degree, do. you know, all that stuff. So they want to see me looking at a, into space or looking at a microphone or talking into a microphone. And you have been very progressive with that. You've introduced when it makes sense. And as you said, uh, LA Talk Radio is a very high-end production. So if it's like somewhere where you're around there, then you're always taking in new shows, right? Yeah, all the time, you know. And and uh, another big announcement is today we were able to uh, to actually add our streams and our podcasts to uh, all the big the big guys like Spotify and mm -hmm. iHeart and uh, SoundCloud and YouTube and Amazon Alexa wow. and all that stuff. So, you know, th this is stuff that you try to be ahead. And, you know, and like you said, with the camera and the video, you're so right about that, Greg. And that's why, uh, that's why I think we both succeeded because we both agree on this, that this is radio. You know, first and foremost, it's about the content. It's not about what you see on the screen. But our society today is, very focused on video, so you got to give it to them because that's the way they will let you into their home, let's so to speak. So when they see you on Facebook Live, rather than having to click on the link to come to your site, you're going to them. You're already there on Facebook. Suddenly, there you are. Right. They can't not watch. So that's why it's so important to have that. And uh, and yeah, you're right. So we've had to change. You have to change, or you become obsolete. There's no question. Sam, talk to me about your show now. I mean, I remember doing promos and all that stuff all the way back from when it originally started, and you've really kind of become, uh, I don't know, I guess in the beginning I was like, wow, the guy turns over co-hosts like crazy, but after I've been able to evaluate it over a, a body of work, you're kind of a, a springboard for a lot of these folks. 
I think so. I think so. I mean, but it it was never meant for that. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, when I when I wanted the radio show, I always envisioned it as me with another, uh, like with a woman, and uh, discussing different things. And the nice thing is that I have gone through several co-hosts over the years, but that's not a bad thing. You know, I mean, right. each one brought a different thing to the show and uh, was like fresh spirit into the show and fresh ideas and personality and all that. So I don't regret regret even a single one that I've had over the years, you know. So it's really cool. And, you know, like now I have a co-host who's half my age, but I'm able to learn so much from her about like, pop culture and things like that that I didn't know about. So that's why I like it. You know, I like to keep it like people that don't necessarily agree with me. Uh, you know, I've had co-hosts that were very uh, opposite of me politically. And that was tough sometimes, you know. I mean, they would make it personal, but it's good radio. So <laughs> you can't argue with that, you know. Sam Hassan joining me so, here on the show, creator of L.A. Talk Radio, latalkradio.com, his website. If you haven't checked it out, you should be going there for sure. Uh, Sam, let's change it up for a second. From a food situation out there, what are your favorite spots to hit up? Okay, uh, that's not a good question to ask me because I don't go out much for steak and stuff. But uh, I'll talk about anything barbecue with you. I got to tell you, yesterday you were on my show. You gave me a few tips. And one of them was to really preheat uh, my new Weber, and I did. I brought it to five, five fifty, and then I put the steak in, and I uh, I had a ribeye, but it was a thin one, mm. so I threw it in a few minutes, and man, it was delicious. So what I'm here to say, and I'm a total total amateur about grilling, <laughs> is that in the past I've wondered why is my stuff not turning out okay. I'm doing everything I think I should be doing, but I think the biggest mistake is first of all you got to preheat every time. That's what I realized. You know, you can't just start with the, the meat on the moment you light up the grill. That's one lesson I learned. The second one is to, uh, you know, I mean, you said you should turn it. You should, You said I should turn it over several times, right? Yeah. Okay. Because of the guy that said, don't, don't open it too much because the heat goes out when you turn it and all that. What do you do with that, Greg? Oh, I mean... <laughs> You can you can close the lid, but then you right. you know you just open it up real quick. You turn it again, close the lid. Uh, right. You know, gas right. grills they recover very quickly, so I'm not too worried about. Yeah. It. Plus, uh, you know, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com is uh, easily disproven. Uh, this whole if you're looking, you're not cooking, or you have to add so much more time <laughs> and all this other stuff. That's I mean that's a that's an old wives' tale like that it. gets spun and spun. So I wouldn't worry about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome, but. I got to tell you, so with a couple of your tips, I was uh, I was able to get a great steak with no effort at all. I didn't put anything on it. It was just on the fire. And, you know, with the little fatted hat on it, it was a boneless ribeye. It was excellent. You know, so what I'm, the bottom line is, and I have, let me just give them a plug, because Weber supports you, right? Uh, yes, to a degree. Okay. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I can say that uh, I bought the Spirit, too, and it's a... Uh, again, as an amateur, but it's very impressive looking, and it cooked perfectly. So I realized that you got to have the right grill. you got to have the right grill to cook something good, you yeah, know? There's a saying. And, and I, the, I, I always use just amateur stuff. So. 
there's a saying in the barbecue world, Sam, buy the best and only cry once. See what I'm saying? I do. Yes, I do. yes. It's a I like the audience. Too, mantra yeah. to live by, no doubt. Um, Sam, <laughs> uh, quick question about your show before I let you go, and I appreciate the time. Who's the Who's your most favorite guest that you've had on Sam in the Morning? A guest? Yes. How the hell am I going to remember that, Greg? That's, <laughs> I know who know my favorite guest is of yours of all time. Uh-huh. It was, uh, it was uh, Bo Duke. Easily the best. Oh. Bo Duke was the best. You kidding? Really? My uh. God. Remember I called in. I was like, how hot was Daisy Duke? And he's like, oh, she was so hot. And here I'm talking how <laughs> hot Daisy Duke is with Bo Duke. I mean, that was the best show ever. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I can't tell you how many because, uh, like you, you know, I've had many guests over the years, but uh, when you count them, it's in the thousands. Oh, yeah. What happens to me now is that a week later, I forget who they were or what they, their names were. And I that's after an hour with them in the studio. So that's also part of aging, you know, and uh, all that. Your memory starts going. But for the most part, I've had a lot of people, a lot of great people. If you're asking me about some more known people, I've had the, uh, the couple of uh, those auctioneers from uh, Storage Wars. They were amazing, you know. The, hmm. Have you ever watched that show? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, so they were on the show and they were a lot of fun. And I had Donnie Most from Happy Days. Yeah. He was a great guy. Yeah, and uh, we have some people over the years. One time we had Debbie Reynolds, and I have a picture with her, and that was uh, an amazing experience because I had uh, worked for her in Las Vegas when she had her casino <laughs> and hotel. I worked there as a graphic designer for, they were doing like, well, I'm getting off track, but the thing is we had Debbie Reynolds and all that stuff. So we've got a lot of great people, but the great, the best, Greg, I got to tell you, the people that not many people know, you know, they just come in, Mm -hmm. we have a great time. They tell us about the stuff they do and we have an amazing time. So if people want to listen to some fun radio in the morning for you guys, early afternoon, uh, tune in, Sam in the morning with Danny uh, all you have to do is go to latalkradio.com. You'll see us on the front page, or you can download the app, the LA Talk Radio app, and you can listen there. And of course, I, my show is sometimes on Facebook Live, but mostly you just listen in audio and, and and get the best of it. And Greg, thank you so much for bringing me on the show, man. It's amazing, and uh, I'm always uh, flattered. Sam, I'm uh, more than happy to have you on. It's certainly my pleasure. And as we look back over 11 years, uh, I wouldn't have rather done it with anybody else than you, my friend. And I appreciate you coming on. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, Greg. Thank you so much, my friend. And much continued success to you. Okay. Thank you, Sam. There he is. It's Sam Hassan, the creator of LA Talk Radio. And uh, it was fitting since we had just passed 11 years in live shows that we get back and, and uh, reincorporate or at least allow me to reintroduce you to Sam, who was uh, the catapult of the live show. So if you don't know, I had done a podcast for two years leading up to doing the live show, which started in 2007, and I saw a Craigslist ad. And the guy said, hey, I'm starting an internet radio station out here in Los Angeles. Sent him a letter. We got a talking. I knew he thought I was a weirdo. 
And I said, hey, trust me, I've been doing a podcast for two years already, so I have this format down. I'll tweak it, but I'm good for once a week. For At that point, it was 50 minutes. And right off the rip, it was like, hey, I'm going to need more than 50 minutes, but we gutted it out for you know a good couple of years before I started adding the second hour. And then, man, I don't know, it's probably been three or four years since uh, I've been simulcast on LA Talk Radio, but uh, eventually they gave up the spot to somebody that was paying for that airtime, which I certainly understand. And uh, we had kind of uh, disaffiliated just from a, a show aspect, but I've kept in touch with Sam over the years. And uh, I think it was right at this point, 11 years is, is unbelievable that we kind of look back and uh, pay a little homage to my guy, Sam Hassan, who is the creator of LA Talk Radio and uh, where it all started for me on the live end. So, Thanks again to Sam for coming on this show and checking out, catching us up. Sam and Danny, Sam in the morning with Danny. If you're kind of like those morning shows where it's a man and woman or male and female, Danny's kind of a firecracker now. Called into the show yesterday and you can tell she's right to the point. Jay messing around. Plus, when I was calling into other shows and doing production for other shows, this show was not like anything that I was doing for those guys. I'd tell you that. <laughs> LATalkRadio.com. That's LATalkRadio.com. Sam the Morning, plus 79 other shows. If you're in the LA area and you want to start your own show, check Sam out. LATalkRadio.com. Get your own internet show. You can do it. I did it. We are back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpey. Thanks again to Sam Hassan from LA Talk Radio joining me last segment. As we get ready to pile on out. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs. The website, howtobbqright.com. Subscribe to him and be one of the half million subscribers that him and his wife have on the YouTubes. We talked about Memphis in May. We talked about State Cookoff Association Bahamas contest, all that stuff. After Malcolm, we talked with Dwayne Daniel, Operation Barbecue Relief on the Texas side, uh, but the team manager for Operation Barbecue Relief. And they took down Grand Championship a couple weeks ago at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. 2019 overall Grand Champs. Second hour, Kevin Coleman at Weber. Talking about the new Genesis 2 line and the revamps there and what's new. If you're in the market, I would highly suggest checking them out. Talked about Charcoal Summit. Talked about smoking on your gas grill. Closing it out, Sam Hassan, LA Talk Radio, CEO, founder, and host of the Sam in the Morning with Danny show. That's 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern. Monday through Friday on latalkradio.com, channel one. Huge show planned for you next week already. Meathead is in. 
special guest in the second hour is in, and I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. I'm not going to do it. It's big. Real big. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.